Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Nia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hello, busy mamas. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I'm excited today to be with my good friend who happens to be a clarity coach and a mom of four. And her name is Dolores Hirschman. And I'm really excited to dive in today because it's funny. Dolores and I kind of go, we go way back. And the, the way we met each other actually is seven years ago. I, I think it was that long ago. Oh my God. <laughs> was, that, was that long ago? Where it was because I met you at the, and hi, by the way, welcome. welcome <laughs> Thank to the you, show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we met uh, at, at the, sort of at the beginning of my journey in, in a, health and wellness coaching program right right? with yes in a self-care program yeah yeah, with nina mendelson who's actually been on the show so yes absolutely um so i love that so it's fun that we're here talking talking again and i can't believe it's been that long but anyway (laughs) so tell us a little bit um just tell us a little bit about like lifestyle and where you're at you have four kids will you just tell us how old they are and you know what's going on, how much you work in a day, and then we'll dive a little bit into the food that happens in that day. Awesome. So um, first of all, my accent, I'm going to address my accent first because people usually wonder where I'm from. I'm originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and uh, and I live um, in uh, southern Massachusetts. So I live in a small community by the water. Um, so my life is very much, you know, suburbia, driving, soccer, well, not soccer so much anymore, but sailing and, and, and lacrosse and stuff like that. And so, yes, I have four children. Uh, I have um, three boys and a girl ages 11 through 17. So my oldest is starting to drive, which is great. Um, and I work from home. I actually have worked from home for the last 17 years, I'm blessed. Um, I was one of the first telecommuters out there having a regular job. And I am, I, I love the balance of being able to go into my corner of the house, my office, which everybody knows it's sacred, nobody comes in other than me, um, and hide in there and do my work. And then knowing that, you know, now that the kids are older, the kids are right next to me in the playroom sometimes, or when they were younger, um, I would have a babysitter and even nurse my my babies um, in between breaks of work. So that has always been the best way for me to be a almost like a full-time mom and a full-time uh, professional. I love that. And actually, that's very similar to, to what I've done. For a while, I had a when I had a babysitter, I, my office was actually outside of our house. Mm-hmm. So we, we lived in an apartment, but it was only like six blocks away. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like I've always had that same that same thing, which is, is nice when we can pull it off for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that room, though. It's intriguing to me that they listen to you, that that's your space and nobody yeah. comes in. How'd you do that? Well, we actually, this house in particular, we built this house uh, now 11 years ago, 12 years ago. And when we designed it, um, I, I was already working from home. So it was always designed as my office, not like the mom and dad office or the house office. It was my office. 
Um, and so I actually do have, now that my youngest is 11, he's in fifth grade, and my two young, older ones are in high school, they, you know, they're gone. They, they leave the house at 8 a.m. and they come home around 4. Um, so truly, the moment they leave the house, I'm in my office um, as if it were a separate building. Um, so Monday through Friday, it's a full-time possession that I have over this room. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's good. My actually, my husband. When I when I travel, I will come back and I see um, traces of my husband having taken over for a couple of days. But he <laughs> to evacuate before I come home. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so let's talk food a little bit. So I know you've been on this amazing quest yourself to sort mm -hmm. of figure out food and, you know, how how it best serves you. And I, you've lost like an amazing amount of weight lately. Yes. Um, how much was that? About I don't weigh myself anymore actually, but I th uh, I was a size fourteen, almost like a tight fourteen, I have to say, and now um, I'm a size six. Oh my God, that is so yeah. amazing! Yeah, six to eight depends on you know you never know, but but I I have I have to say I have two pairs of jeans that are size six, so I can claim that that goal that accomplishment. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And why don't you weigh yourself? Well, it's actually part of how I ended up losing this weight, but um, because what I learned is in my case, every time I would step on the scale, I would have two reactions. Um, either I would celebrate and I would feel skinny, <laughs> you know, the I feel skinny thing, so why not have a piece of chocolate kind of thing? Mm -hmm. um, or I wouldn't lose and I will feel judgmental and angry and like throw the towel, the baby in the bathtub and eat that chocolate. So really there was, whether I was celebrating or I was moaning, it led me to eating more, to be honest. Interesting. Um, I love that, that you figured that out. Cause actually, um, I don't have a scale either. That was part of my sort of transformation seven years ago. So I, I actually think that's probably an important one for a lot of people. Yes. Yes, and someone once told me, Mia, this is interesting, that, you know, we have two sides of our brain, the logical brain and the more intuitive animal side of the brain, if you want. And while if you step on the scale and the logical brain looks that, sees that you lost 10 pounds and you're like, yeah, yeah, I did it, the actual, you know, the animal side of the brain or the more, you know, the survival side of our being looks at that as a deficit. And it almost triggers the, I need to bridge this gap. I need to gain this weight. Mm, interesting. Um, I love that fact about, about how the brain works. Cause I think that that's, I think that there's so much more to food, to losing the weight, <laughs> yes. um, which I know that I, I know you experienced for many, many, many years. Many years. Honestly, you know, I think I was put in the first diet when I was, I don't know, 11 years old. And I mean, without going back to that, it, you know, there wasn't any reason for that. I wasn't any, in any way abnormally heavy. It was just, I'm not petite. Um... But I think that that set up a system in my brain of com com consistent discomfort in my own weight or skin mm. um, that, um, you know, the whole scale thing is not true for everybody. It's only for those people who have been having a fight of discontent um, and not accepting their bodies as they are. Right. Um, and do you feel like you need, like, 
do you feel like you need some sort of measurement to feel successful or you've detached from any form? I mean, you have clothes, you have clothes exactly. sizes. So no, I actually, I, I have detached myself from any uh, measurements other than fitting or not fitting in the clothes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I feel like that a very similar thing was true, was true for in my journey. Um, I very much did that same thing. And it was, it was nice when the, when the smaller clothes fit. <laughs> yeah, and to very be honest, nice. I mean, nobody really talks about this, Mia, but uh, it's like, you know, there's a lot of disadvantages of being heavy um, mm. that, and I'm going to do that little tiny, tiny details that I think you're going to relate to it. But, and, and you and I have both been, very pregnant at some point with our children. So at any point, even if you weren't heavy, heavy, you know, you were heavier because of pregnancy, but you know, things like, I don't know if you relate to this, but things like, you know, properly crossing your legs when you're very heavy. Mm. Um, I was a tap dancer when I was um, in my early twenties and a teenager. And I, even then I had moments where I was heavier than others. And I remember that my dancing was affected by my weight and even at the time heavy would have been 10 pounds over my regular so that's not that that much but still there's a difference how we move there's a difference how we stand there's a difference how we enter a room if we're carrying extra weight mm. I, I I definitely found that true and how about how about the daily stuff like parenting and showing up for well, your work very much entails how you show up in the room because you're yes. constantly working with people, but how has it affected all that? So one of the things I've learned through my own process, you know, I, I, at some point I needed to come to terms with the realization that if I really wanted to live in a body that I was comfortable in, I needed to do things drastically different. That eating healthy for three or four days and then eating every piece of sugar I found was not going to do it. Uh, uh, maybe it would keep my weight kind of off, but it was, it would, it, it was, I was doing it with a fight and it was never sustainable. Yes. And so fight. to be honest, what I have done for the most part, um, is I needed to say goodbye, thank you, but no thank you to the sugar. Mm. Almost like if it were an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, and it is similar to an alcoholic it because it's like proven that it's a very, very addictive substance. Yeah. It's a chemical. And honestly, right now, so through the holidays, I knew I was going to relax and I knew I was going to, um, uh, you know, be more uh, um, permissive if you want. Uh, but the truth is, as I, and I committed myself to going back into the new year and um, going back to, no sure, which I have. Um, but to, if I look back, I realized that, when I am eating sugar, I, I cannot experience the moment, the company, the activity that I'm engaged in um, in the same way that if I'm not eating sugar. There's like a heightened alertness and sensitivity and flow um, that comes for me when I am um, rid of the chemical of sugar in my body. I love that. And I, and I think that that's probably true of, of many of us. I've certainly experienced the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's just like, what's your, what does your drug of choice do to you? Does it like relax you? Does it make you mellow? Does, you know what I mean? And sugar tends to pipe people up, but it definitely 
you know, we don't get drunk from it in the same way that we do with alcohol, but it does it. And you can watch it with kids. Like I find that that's fascinating to me. Like that's one of the most fascinating things about really teaching kids about food is that when they start to realize what sugar does to them. Yeah, the effects. I mean, true. I mean, and to for me, it obviously I am a lot more sensitive now than I was when I was younger. Yeah, by all means. And for me, I didn't really have a choice. I was two years ago went to a doctor, and she said you're pre-diabetic. Which you know, most doctors, if you're a little bit overweight, will say to you, you're pre-diabetic, meaning mm. you're not diabetic, but you have a risk of being. And this doctor gave me a pill just in case. The pill made me so sick mm. that I said, you know, and that, that was a pre-diabetic pill. And the pill made me so sick. I said, this, there has to be another way. Um, and so for me, it's like, it's, it's a bigger question. It's not about body or what, if I look good in my jeans, it's really a bigger question of mm. how do I want to live my days? Yeah. And when I am in sugar, I am more emotional. I am more tired. Uh, I'm not such, you know, my, my thinking is not as clear mm-hmm. and I'm a lot more impatient with my children and my clients. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally hear you. And I think every single adjective that you just said there, like, I think that that can be said for anybody. Yeah. Um, and I would think, I feel like both of us have the comparison of a different part of our life to compare to. So for me, I can easily think back to what life was like before seven years ago mm-hmm. um, and, you know, how I'm experiencing it now versus then. So in that light, you know, some people, I, I feel like at this day and age, like people, you know, are packing their kids lunch and they're looking like, is Mia going to look or whatever? And I, I actually have no judgment of people giving their kids sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's really important for us to be aware of. And I actually think that sometimes it's helpful for them to have a small amount so that they can understand what it's actually doing to them and start to make smart choices. Because mm-hmm. if you go off to college and you're eating a bag of Oreos because you want to stay up late to study for an exam, it's going to affect your, your how, what, how you study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And by no means is my house clean. Actually, when I did my shift of eating, um, <laughs> their lunchboxes became so boring <laughs> uh, because I was like, you know, I mean, I've been very busy with work and stuff. So I just said, okay, I'm going to just eat healthy and fun in the, in the, you know, in a healthy way. And so their lunchbox became fairly basic to the point that I was fired from lunchbox. <laughs> this is a good thing. It takes one task off your plate. <laughs> and my husband took over and they love his lunchboxes. So that's great. Yes, totally. So let's go into, so something that you said at the very um, beginning, and I think will tag nicely into to switching topics a little bit is, you said that you always sort of felt like you worked both jobs full time, being a mom and working. Yes. And, you know, I feel a little thing went off in my head that people might be thinking, like, how, how do you find the time? Because I feel like so many people think they don't have enough time to go back to work, to be a better parent, to change their diet, you know, whatever it is, especially at this time of year as we're going into a new year. And I feel like everyone's heads are spinning with what what they can change about themselves or about their situations yeah so first of all let me say that i was born and raised in argentina (laughs) (laughs) and i'm saying that is 
So it's probably different than most moms in the U.S. Um, there's things I don't sweat, the things that I don't give myself a hard time. I don't give myself a hard time for being there for every single game my kids play. Mm. Um, I have four kids. I never did. And, and my kids are fine. And maybe yeah, they'll go to the therapy when they're older because I wasn't there for every game. I was there for most games. Um, so I actually have a pretty good uh, balance of what is important to me as a parent and what is not. Um, so there's a lot of small stuff that I do not sweat. Um, the other thing is, and you know, you can judge me for this or not, but I am very, very careful with my time and I love the work that I do. I really, really do. And so I prioritize where I spend my time. And if there's things in the house that can be delegated, and the same way, if there are things in my business that can be delegated, that means that they're not what I'm really, really good at, then I am very happy. I have no judgment of delegating. And I can tell you that I'm not really great at laundry. Um, so I don't do most of it. Um, I have someone who cleans the house once a week. Um, I tend to do the core of my shopping sometimes is a pea pod. And then I go and pick things that I want specifically, but in a shorter run. I love to cook, so I don't delegate that. I cook dinner from scratch every night for my kids, from yeah. for all of us. Um, but my husband wanted to take over lunchbox. I won't fight it. No. So there's things that I've learned with time that are important and things that are not. Like when I first got married, I needed, I felt like I needed to have the house be perfect all the time. And someone once told me like, oh, you are suffering the ghost of, um, I'm going to come and check the beds in your house syndrome. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Is that? So yeah, like when I first got married, the kids would wake up and they were little and they would like kind of stretch their bed and I would go into a room and make it perfect. Almost like if I had someone checking every room every day. And now, you know what? I don't. I expect my kids to keep their rooms as organized and um, clean as possible. But, you know, their beds are not properly made or perfectly made. There's some days that they don't make their bed. And, and I, and I, and I, I'm actually, I celebrate when I can go past their rooms, see that their bed is not made, and keep on walking. Yes. There's, well, it's like a balance of, of flow and relaxing. It doesn't mean my house is a dump, but it doesn't mean my house is pottery barn either. There's a, there's a, there's a place in between. Yep. That's funny. When we first met, the thing I remember, <laughs> the thing I remember about you, like when we first met online in a class, was yeah. you describing that you were going off to mow your lawn and I couldn't imagine mowing any lawn but since then I've seen your lawn and it's huge so it <laughs> I've like never gotten that vision out of my head Dolores going out to mow the lawn <laughs> well yeah I mean actually we do we do do all of our yard work um at first when we have this big property at first it was because um we built this house and by the time we moved in we were like with our, like we were barely making it financially because right. it was all our strength to move into the house and then as the kids got old, got older we have three boys um and a girl and it's actually my husband enjoys it i i honestly i don't mow the lawn so much because i have so many boys but um but for a while, it didn't bother me. It really yeah. didn't. It was a way of exercise for me. And I love being outdoors. I love that. 
All right, so then the next part of all that story is that you found something that you love to do. So mm -hmm. can we dive into that for the last part of the show? Absolutely. So, and, absolutely. And, and for anyone who's listening who kind of feels like, uh, you know, I'm just either stuck just in this mom thing at home all the time, but I know there's something more, or maybe somebody's stuck in the corporate job and feeling like they're not at all able to be with their family ever. I feel like probably we have both kinds of listeners. Yeah, so let me tell you one specific story. And my third child was born. When he was born, um, I that was the last day of, at my previous job, the one I was employed at. And I remember calling my, my, my boss on the way to the hospital saying, that was a contraction. That means this is my last day. <laughs> so we're not going to be talking tomorrow. And he was laughing. But... Um, so when he was born, it was when it was, we were selling a house and moving into this house and all that. And I remember when my baby was nine months, so I had a nine month old, a two year old and a three, four year old. And I remember uh, my husband came in, coming home from work and he was getting ready for bed. He took, he was getting undressed and grabbed one of his socks and put it in the hamper. Mm. And I looked at the sock and I screamed at him. And I said, I just finished doing all the laundry. Like, literally, it was like insane comment that I gave. Yep. He looked at me and he said, that's funny because I just got my paycheck and there's not much left. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's something not working here. Yeah. And, and, and really what it was, Mia, is that I love being a mom, I love having kids. I love, was very engaged with the kids. I actually, I was volunteering everywhere. But I've always felt I had a mission, um, a professional mission that I wanted to explore. And, uh, and that moment made me realize that I wasn't happy with being a full-time mom and that we could use a little bit more of income. Not a lot, not meaning like travel crazy or nine to five out of the office. It was just a little bit. And, uh, and that's when I started my first business. And that's when I really started my path of entrepreneurship. Um, and I remember doing an interview at the time. It was a clothing business, actually. Um, and a, a reporter asked me about the whole mom and working thing. And I said to him, um, I'm actually a much better mom as a working mom mm -hmm. than if I am a full-time mom. Uh, because I've always felt I needed one, two, three hours of my day at least and, and when the kids were little, that's about how many hours I did, um, where, where I felt I was making progress in a project that was intellectually rewarding and that was socially rewarding because all the businesses I've always started had a social mission to them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's still what I do today. So I've, I've actually evolved from that um, to be a clarity coach for solopreneurs and mompreneurs and people who are looking to carry an idea from a conceptual idea in their head to making it a reality in the world in the form of a service or a product, sometimes a movement. Um, I also work with people um, who have built nonprofits out of their ideas, but, um, but that they want to manifest this idea into a way that makes a positive impact in the world. I actually call my clients ideapreneurs. Mm, I love that. And will you, will you just tell us, so 
if what if what if someone doesn't have an idea like what if what if we're just in, someone's just in that phase I, I think at any point like maybe it's just in the first few months of having a baby or you know maybe you're 10 years in and and you know there's more but like so here's the thing with the idea is that actually 100% of the work that I do at the beginning with a client is clarifying that idea and what I what it is is they come to me with noise. <laughs> yeah. They come to me with many ideas or conflicting ideas or confusing ideas or just noise, a hunger. Um, I was talking with a with a with a client this week. Um, she's a mom of two. She has a jewelry business and she loves to create and design, but her jewelry never takes off because she creates but never really markets. Um, and um and so she, we were talking, and at the at, at some point in the conversation, she actually got very emotional because she said, "I know I can do so much, and I'm longing to do so much, and I feel like I am stuck. That it's all inside of me, um, and that 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 I can't get it out. And that yes, I love my daughters, and I love spending time with them, but they're in school most of the time, and my husband has his whole world at his office and his job. And I feel like I'm like a guest in little projects here or there, um, volunteering or something, but I don't belong anywhere. And and I don't have a way to describe myself other than I'm a mom. Uh, and while that is not bad, some people feel like there's another side, there's all, the whole side be, before they became a mom that is forgotten. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, and I, it's funny. It's, I, I love your description of that. And it's, it's, I feel like I feel lucky cause I found, I got the entrepreneurial bug a little bit before I had kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that gave me that foot in to, you know, to, to start because that it it helps. Possibility, yeah. yeah, I saw it as a possibility to have kids sort of before yeah. I had kids. So I, I had it a little bit set up by the time they came. Um, but, but it's changed over time, you know, and it's, it's, and I've always, you know, you always get that little sense of guilt because there's always a really awesome stay at home parent in every class who's really good at it. And that's, that is their dream. Do you know what I mean? And so, and so that always, you know, for anyone who's out there working, that's always like, you're, you're not sure whether you're guilty or whether you're resentful. <laughs> um, because I think for many people being a mom is what, you know, you've always want what you've always wanted. And that's great too. It's just that if there is that, the th that everybody deserves what they always wanted. And sometimes that's only being a mom and sometimes it's not. Well, and um, even, you know, the, the only being a mom, I actually will caution that statement okay. because it's not about just, it's, it's about expressing who you are. Yeah. It's not about being a mom or being a working mom. There's actually a lot of space in between yeah. of my question really would be is, okay, being a mom is part of who you are in this phase of your life. But my question is, what makes your heart sing? And sometimes that answer is combined with being a mom and say, well, I actually do a lot of creative projects with my kids. Mm -hmm. So it really is your creativity applied with your children, mm -hmm. which eventually might be applied with your grandchildren when you have them. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting clear of what is it about you and what part of your day you feel 
that uh, you're feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, because it, 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 whether that part of your life makes money or not, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I like it that way because then it's like, then that helps you even with those tasks that you were just talking about because <laughs> that helps you really understand like, why would I be doing laundry if I love painting so much that exactly. like sitting down with my daughter and painting gives me so much joy, yet I'm yelling at her because she's not helping me fold the laundry, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. and um, financially that's not a, it's, it's not a problem, then, then spend more time doing painting with your daughter and hire someone to help you with laundry. Yeah, um, I actually, so you're going to laugh, but with time, I realized that I have to say, folding, folding laundry actually soothes me. It's a form of meditation mm -hmm. for me. So I sometimes will actually go and fold the laundry. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it really is about remembering who you are as a human being mm -hmm. and honoring that, um, and not just so much, you know, obviously for your own fulfillment is important, but you have to ask yourself, would you want your children to forget who they are the day they became parents? Yeah. Um, and probably none of us would. So it's almost like part of the parenting is showing your kids that you are a human being too with dreams and hopes and goals. Yes. And I love that because that even gives people who I feel like that gives us the opportunity to always assess what our hopes and dreams are because they are always evolving and changing, mm -hmm. you know, from year to year, possibly from month to month as we grow and change and evolve. And so often like we just, you know, go, go, go. And even if we're in a job, you know, or, you know, it's just like, you don't assess, like, is this making me happy? Am I making the impact I want? Is all this worth it? So I love putting it that way. And the other part is, uh, we joke with my youngest. Uh, we always say, oh, imagine the day that you are the only child in the house, right? <laughs> yeah. He's the youngest of four. He's, he was born independent. Um and he always looks at my husband and I, and he grabs his head and he says, oh my God, that's going to be horrible to have 100% of both of your attention. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. Which he won't, because by the time everybody else is gone, he's going to be like 16, 17. He's not going to even pay attention to us. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point where you're going to have wanted to find something that you love, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then. I have a client, actually, maybe you should talk to her. I have a client who actually has a program designed specifically for moms whose children are moving on mm. um, to college and beyond and who spent most of their life being a full-time mom. And now they're wondering, okay, well, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And it's a, it's, it can be a big challenge. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's actually one of my my favorite exercise is actually to do around food and, and health. Um, because I feel like sometimes, especially in motherhood, we're so focused on the moment because we, we have to be, you know, so it's like right now, like what's when they first come, it's like, what stroller do we need? What car seat do we need? You know? And like, and there's so many details, but then, you know, we all, we all know once we get past those details that like, then there's the next details and it just keeps going because it keeps changing. Um, and so one of the exercises I like to do is just what will you feel like 10 years from now? Like, what, what do you want to feel like? What do you want a day to look like? And the second you get that far out, you're like, 
oh, there's going to be no diapers to change. Like there's no driving, you know, like you start to realize that there's all these things mm -hmm. that are just really moments in a bigger life. Um, it really is. And, I, yeah, I remember. and that that's what you're eating for now, not, you know, today, you know what I mean? So it's like a future yes. thought. It's not a, a now thought in real life. That's true. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true because what you eat, the way you eat today is the way you're going to feel tomorrow and 10 years from now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also, you know, this brings another conversation because I don't know if we have time for that, but this whole concept of I'm too busy or busy, mm -hmm. um, they were always claiming the busy, we're always pulling the busy card. Um, and, you know, sometimes we do it in more of a complaining way. Oh my God, I have to do this or I have to pick up my kids and then do this and do that. I have to say, you know, maybe I sound like an old lady, but, um, but I miss some of the little moments when the kids were little. And I remember, I remember when my first one was born, my husband would come, came home from work one day and I was sitting there nursing for the 50th time that day, crying. And I said, I will never wear proper clothes again. I will, for the rest of my life, I'll be nursing. And, uh, and it really is a second in time. It really is. Um, and so I actually remind myself now when I am driving one of my kids around, uh, and maybe I'm rushing because I have some other things to do, to do. I try to really remind myself is that I'm going to miss this moment 10 years from now. Yeah. Totally. And, and we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. So, so it's important to be present and it's important to be aware because it really is goes fast. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we can claim the busy card, but, but uh, but at the end of the story, we have to choose how we spend our time, and the, whatever we choose, we need to be okay with it, and not go, oh my God, I have so much to do. Is that no? Actually, I am so grateful I have all this stuff to do. Yeah, and there's so much more choice than we give credit. To. Yes, it's, oh, it's all it's all a choice. It's all yeah, because yeah, because we 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 excuse ourselves with that. There's no option. I have to do all this. And the truth is, there's always a way out. Actually, that's one of my favorite little changes is just don't, if you ever catch yourself saying, I have to, just figure out how to say it differently. And it, that, that alone changes everything. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Or I am going to, you know, because I feel like some things like folding the laundry, maybe we don't want to do it, but we don't really have to do it. But if one of our things is that we want to get dressed and go out of the house, then we are going to do it, you know, so. <laughs> Um, all right. So thank you, Dolores. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I hope everyone got a lot out of this. I have one final question that I ask everyone. But before I do that, will you just tell everyone how to get a hold of you? Yes. Um, you can meet me at mastersinclarity.com. Uh, my new website is actually launching in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and if you need clarity on your idea worth sharing, or if you ever wanted to speak at a TEDx event, you can let me know. I'd have to help. Awesome. I'm practicing to be on your stage someday soon. Yeah, we need to go to <laughs> so, so tell, and, and you also have a Facebook group, don't you? Because I feel like I, that's a great place too. Yeah, I have a Facebook group called My, My Idea Worth Sharing. Great. So people can look that up too. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Well, here's my final question that I ask everybody. Will you tell us about a meal that made a big impact in your life? And it could be because the food was good or the company was great or because you had some major aha while sitting at the table. Mm. 
Um, let me think about that. Well, I was in a trip in Seattle uh, in October. I was uh, asked to speak at this conference. And it was actually a very nice experience because they picked me up from the airport and they put me in the nice hotel and with amazing restaurant. Um, and I rediscovered Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> of all things. Um, and I actually have to say, I love Brussels sprouts. And, and you know, most of my eating now has shifted. So yep. I eat mostly vegetables and protein. And I sometimes will eat eggs in the morning and in a weekend when I'm feeling like I want something like a more abundant, yummy breakfast, I will do stir fried Brussels sprouts with turkey, bacon and egg. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That's hysterical. It's, it's funny. Brussels sprouts are a recent thing I loved too, like in the past two years. Yeah, and you know what I do is I, I steam them in the microwave mm -hmm. for like a couple of minutes so that they're soft, and then I slice them as thin as I can, and then with a little bit of olive oil, I'll just brown them on the stovetop, um, and it's so quick. It's much Love faster that. than baking them. Yes. Uh, I, it's funny. I that's fry a... them, deep fry them, or anything like that, so that works for me. Yeah, well, that's funny, because that is a similar trick that I learned while on the road, because I actually don't have a microwave in real life, but on the road, I kept having microwaves, so Brussels sprouts <laughs> kept coming microwaved into our life. Yeah, my kids are not really in love with them yet, but uh, but I have to say, it's like my new thing this year, Brussels sprouts. Well, and the new thing is always contagious. Yes. So on that note, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And mamas, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.